hello 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 and welcome back to another episode of shamelessly unapologetic with me your host alana pinsky this week we have dahlia brown shuck as our guest and i am so excited because we had a really interesting and very informative conversation that centered around holistic healing and trauma-informed healing i have never been someone who has been a big believer or not necessarily a big believer but someone who's never really implemented holistic healing or really understood it or had wondered how effective was it really now i do believe in trauma-informed healing which is completely separate but i had a really awesome conversation and i was really open to learning and hear perspective from dahlia and how she was able to really destigmatize holistic healing especially and what it is and what it isn't and what it means to her and debunking like misinformation that's been spread out there on the internet by people who are just simply not qualified to talk about what they talk about and Dahlia is the complete opposite where she is qualified so it was a very very enlightening conversation. I feel like I learned so much and there were a lot of cool things that I took away. There was this really cool exercise that she talked about towards the end of the episode that involves a trampoline. So you got to make sure you listen all the way through the episode so you can hear more about this because this is definitely something that I would love to start implementing into my healing routine and just continuing to go through my healing era because that is what this whole episode is about. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and you learn a lot from Dahlia. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this really awesome conversation. Hello, Dahlia. Welcome to Shamelessly Unapologetic. How are you doing? I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Well, you know, I really, really admire like what you do. You focus a lot on like trauma healing and holistic healing. So I'd love for you to just introduce yourself and what you're all about. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. So I just, I love, first, I love your name, like the unapologetic part. And I think that resonates so much with me because honestly, up until probably around 30 years old, I like seem to apologize for everything. So I just love the name itself. Oh my God. Thank you. So, you're welcome. So my name is Dahlia Brown Shook. I am owner of Holistic Medical Healing and I what do I do now? You know, I have transitioned through so many different careers in my life. Uh, my first career was an artist. Then I went back and got my master's degree in occupational therapy. I am a licensed and trained occupational therapist. But it three years ago, my life turned as it did for so many people during COVID. And it had a beautiful expansion opportunity. And I moved across the country and I transitioned, I say beyond the healthcare model to help clients heal really the mind, body, spirit integration. And so a lot of what I do is like regulation, my background, why I'm so passionate about how I help with my clients and why I have um, dove into like so many diverse trainings to have in my toolbox is because way back when at 12 months old, I actually started pulling out my hair. It's called trichotillomania. And I didn't Very know. Very familiar. What... Exactly. So I have like... it too. <laughs> exactly. I know. It's like we have so much in common. And I went, and even though I come from a medical-based family, you know, they didn't know what to do with it either. And mm -hmm. so I navigated at 15 years old, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and anxiety. I went through the whole healthcare route of being a mental health patient and the therapy and the medications was like good enough. And it allowed me to, you know, go through undergrad, go through graduate school, get my master's degree. Uh, however, I remember at one point in my life, somebody had said to me, well, maybe this is as happy as you're supposed to get. And and I was like, screw that. Like, yeah. I'm not okay with that being a minimum of like, well, maybe this is as happy as you're supposed to get. And I started really learning about holistic healing in my 30s, right after my master's uh, program, 
when I really learned all about like the brain, the neurochemicals, the sensory processing, all these different pieces. And my very first continuing education out of my master's program was all about like the brain, brain rewiring, sensory processing. And I realized like I had so many ahas in that three day course because it was like, holy shit, what if my anxiety and my depression, I hate saying my, what if my experiences with anxiety, depression, hair pulling is actually a symptomology of like sensory processing and Mm -hmm. other sensory need and other sensory needs. And of course, like, you know, I really grabbed onto that. And even though I am trained to support hair pulling, skin picking, nail biting, anxiety, depression, all these different things, I worked with a professional that I am now trained in to get off of my antidepressants. It was probably like eight or nine years ago now. And I have been off of them since, and I have all of my hair. And like the, what I say is when I work with clients and I work with all different kinds of clients, all different ages, but it's, I am really, and it's all in like my star chart. It's like astrologically, I am here to put a lot of those puzzle pieces together that are complicated topics for people that I simplify in such incredible ways that it allows them to move forward with tangible steps and tangible tools so that they start to experience success and emotional resilience in a way that they never imagined possible. And so it's I've had the opportunity to turn my pain to purpose. And that is very much like my purpose on the planet is to help elevate people's experiences with their own emotional body, their physical body, their spiritual health, so that they can really move beyond any of those limiting diagnoses that used to really plague them in the past. I really love all of this. This is such a cool story. Because like going back to the trichotillomania thing, I also was in the same position where I got a lot of help because I got diagnosed with it in elementary school. Um, Started with my eyebrows. Because that's when I started to kind of notice my appearance at age nine. Mm-hmm. I started to like be able to make an, a, a judgment on my face like, oh, I am not pretty. My eyebrows are huge. They're bushy. So I thought, what if I just like pluck them with my own fingers? And then it got very addicting. And then eventually it resulted to my eyelashes. And I don't know what issues I really had with my eyelashes. And then it wasn't until maybe like, late middle school where I eventually I made my way up to like the crown of my head. So back here is kind of where I pull. And so, yeah, like I went through a bunch of different therapists when I was younger. And a lot of them kind of would tell my parents the same thing that you mentioned is that we don't really know what to do because this is one of these things that doesn't have a cure. You know, it kind of will come and go on its own terms. And I guess for me, like one way that I ended up dealing with it was I resulted to hair extensions as a way to help Mm -hmm. me stop pulling. And if like that, if my crown is not covered, I will pull. But when it's covered, Mm. it gets to grow back. And because I'm not pulling on it. And so that has kind of been my only like treatment. Yes, I take anxiety medicine. I take ADHD medicine. I take medicine to help me sleep better. I, I you know, there are a lot of medical issues wrong with me, but I love my I love my medicine. It has worked, but in terms of like trick, I don't know if like using hair extensions is considered like a holistic approach. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, of course. But you know, that's what had what that's what worked for me. So I'm curious to know what worked for you in terms of like not pulling out your hair and also like beating out your depression and your anxiety to get you off meds. Like what are what are you doing? Like what or what did you do to help you? It's a great question. And first off, you know, I would love to like ask you back what you already answered. You were like, I don't know if it's holistic. And my response to, is it working? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's working for you. So who cares if it's not holistic? Honestly, like sometimes that doesn't matter when we're coming from like that kind of perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, When you get into that kind of cycle, sometimes we just need relief. And there's different levels, different hierarchies of healing. So like I said, I went through the mental health as a patient, but then as an adult, I realized as I started healing from the inside out. So I do a lot of gut health with my clients. I, you know, and this will, this will answer your question. This is what I say. It's not a one size fits all. Everybody's, uh, everybody's brain, everybody's, you know, genetic backup background, like 
everything is unique. So Mm -hmm. it's not a one size fits all. And I, some of the programs, a lot of the programs that I have actually truly help support. Um, I have a program for parents and kids uh, to help their children navigate and help the parents help the child, because that's often often a missing piece in that traditional mental health paradigm is they're, you know, only working with the child and they're not really employing the parents to teach them how to really help. And then in my longer six month program for emotional resilience, I teach adults how to really tackle their specific behaviors from the inside out. And it is very multi-modality because it isn't a one-size-fits-all. What works for me, well, the majority of my clients actually find recovery in one form or another. Some of them, it's complete like, you know, maintenance where, you know, they will go years actually without engaging in the behavior, but then they become so emotionally intelligent. Like that is the thing. First and foremost, when people are used to putting a Band-Aid on a underlying symptom, and I'm not anti-medicines, like just, I, I want to say that because sure. for some people they need it, but there are so many more approaches now. And this is why I say I've gone beyond the healthcare model because the programs that I offer give massive accountability for the person who may be struggling because that is what is required when we are wanting to move beyond. It is not a one time sit in the therapist's office and hope for success. It is a daily maintenance and it requires daily maintenance. And it requires really looking at not just what you're feeding your body, but it also comes down to like, you know, chemical load that because neuro um, neurochemically, Our brain is very susceptible to the plastics, the chemicals, the lotions, and the potions. And people don't understand the connection of what that does to the gut microbiome, how the, you know, the beautiful, and I'm totally going to say it, like the beautiful Bath and Body Works scented stuff that you use in the Mm. shower is literally making your mental health worse. I actually don't even shop from Bath and Body Works because they're not, they're they're not cruelty free. And I only use cruelty free products. You know, I wish they could, cause like, I don't even buy their candles and I used to love their candles, but it's like, same it's, but at the same time, if the brand's not cruelty free, like it would be very hypocritical of me to still buy the candles, you know? Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, your question is like a multi-layered answer because it is, it is requiring to look at nutrition, supplementation, medication, sunlight, your experiences with your body, any past trauma. There's so the sensory aspect is the one that is often overlooked. And I say that when it comes to like putting those puzzle pieces together, oftentimes sensory and nutrition are the overlooked places where there is a lot of solutions. And it all comes down to the gut microbiome being able to help support the the neurotransmitters in the brain for optimal mental health. Because it is, so I don't know if you're familiar, but it's actually, it's in the DSM, it is under the category of body-focused repetitive behavior. So just for your listeners. Okay. So for your listeners, for anyone who may be new to this, I always like to do a little education. Yes, absolutely. Please explain. So for some, they are just like, oh, I didn't know. First off. If you bite your nails, you're not necessarily diagnosable. (laughs) Like, don't go into that arena. However, you know, extreme skin picking, nail biting, hair pulling, cheek biting, lip picking, anywhere where it really interferes with multiple places in your life, that is where it can get diagnosed. And you are absolutely right. There is absolutely no medication out there. There is no technical, like, cure. However, I know so many people who have found healthy recovery. And it all happens from the inside out. So, I mean, like hydration, I mean, it's, you know, moving the body. And, and it's funny that we're talking about this because I was a service provider for a national organization that is supposed to help these challenges. And they have removed my type of healthcare credentialing from the service provider. Mm-hmm. Meaning they are no longer offering my services. They're yeah. not letting 
people struggling know that, hey, I can help them, which is a disservice. It really pisses me off because it's a disservice to those who are struggling because what ends up happening, and I call this the cycle of mental health trauma, uh, and I get a lot of people from this place, is they go to the doctors, they go to the therapist, they put on, they get on, on medicine, medication and nothing changes. And then they think that they're broken and then they think there's no hope, which is total crap. So to fill and bridge a gap, I've actually, and it's so interesting because I'm launching it um, really this month is I have decided to launch a therapist led bi-monthly support, well, maintenance group for people to move beyond any kind of like hair pulling, skin picking, nail biting, anxiety, depression, who want to stay in whatever recovery mode looks like for them to Mm -hmm. teach them a lot of what I know because they're not going to be getting it from most of the other places. I, I think that's really cool. And I definitely think it is a very unique thing because I think you're right. Like everyone is going to have different methods. Things are going to work differently for other people. And like, obviously just because something works for you doesn't necessarily mean that's going to work for everyone. So like for an example for myself, this isn't really related to like healing, but like on my YouTube channel, I talked a lot about like my dating experiences and like what's helped Mm -hmm. me try to be better while dating. And I always like make this disclaimer, like just because this has worked for me doesn't necessarily mean this could be the right approach for you. Cause I don't want people to think that like I'm a dating coach and trust me, like I have a lot of issues with dating coaches in general. That's a whole nother topic for discussion, but Basically, like, I don't want people to think like I'm going to date, I'm a dating advice channel or I'm a dating coach. I don't want that title led to me. I'm just simply like just sharing my experiences and like what's helped me in hopes that it does help other people. And I feel like that's basically like the exact same thing with what you're trying to do. Yes. However, I do claim the title as like a coach and I do help people and I have watched them completely transform from the inside out. So it's like when clients come to me, if they are willing to do the work, I know I can help them. It's yeah. as, it depends on how much they're willing to put into it. Yeah. And like for you, yeah. it's fine to call yourself a coach because you also have like many credentials. You're very well qualified. <laughs> like when I, there are like, the thing with like the coaching industry is that there are so many people who don't have the credentials or the educational background and they're just simply not qualified on like the subjects that they talk about. And that's like what right. I have a huge issue with. You are same. not one of those people. So like, no, I no, no, but I have the same that, issue. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want you to think that like, I like grouped you in there. Cause it's like, no, you absolutely like have credentials. You've got the education, you're licensed in many different things. No, but like you bring up a really good point because it's like, you know, for service prov- providers who can help people heal, like they need to be known about. And when they are removed, from the powers that be, it's a disservice to the communities that they're supposed to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I want to move on to the next question because this is a question that I ask every single guest. And so obviously I'm going to ask it to you as well. But what is the biggest thing that you were mostly unapologetic about? So it's so funny. I was listening to some of your podcasts and I actually, right before this podcast, I was, um, or before our interview, I asked my husband, I was like, what do you think I'm most unapologetic unapologetic about? (laughs) I love it. And you know, his answer was perfect. His answer was, he said, you are unapologetic about putting your self-care first. Hell yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Absolutely. Because, and that is what I will say. It's like, you know, they... When you're in an airplane, they say you have to put on your oxygen before you can help anybody else. And so many times, you know, I work with entrepreneurs, I work with busy moms, I work with so many different kinds of clients. And when the women come to me, well, even, even, I mean, I love working with the kids, the teenage girls, because I'm teaching them to put their self-care first. Because when you are navigating, and it's not even navigating mental health, it's just like navigating being a human. Yeah, It's navigating being a human on planet Earth during the time that we are in. We are so distracted by so much noise, which removes us and takes us away from our power. And when it comes to me putting like my body first, my workout first, my 
you know, my massage, my facials, all the things that make me feel good. Like I am so, I used to be like, oh yeah, I like to get facials. Now I'm like, no, no, no. That makes me feel so strong. And it makes me feel like a clear and clean channel to help my clients. It is an investment in my business by me taking care of myself. It's an investment in my family by me taking care of myself and teach. And it's, but it's like women less now, but it's like women of my generation. It's like, they need permission to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, annoying just the struggles of just being a woman in general and like express and like you're just self-expression can come across as like bitchy or you're rude or you're bossy and it's like no we're being just simple humans because let's be real if it was a man doing the exact same thing and saying the exact same things we were saying it would be perceived perfectly fine absolutely it's funny that you say that my mother sent me an image probably about nine months ago and, and it was like, for the woman who was ever called bossy, she's actually passionate. And I was like, yes, I am. And it was like, for the woman who was ever called aggressive, I don't even remember now what it was, but it was just, it was so accurate. It was turning those, the terminology from the negative to the positive. And I think that's, you know, where a lot of, a lot of healing clients that I work with that are recovering through and from trauma so much of that healing, and I know that you experience this as, as well as me, so much of that healing has to do with how you think about yourself and those words that were used from really like childhood experiences, either from peers, from friends, from school, classmates, or from family. Mm-hmm. And as we get older, we recognize the need to shift that inner dialogue. And that means absolutely everything. So when she sent me that image, I was like, she sees me. <laughs> I wish I could relate to that because my mom is the total opposite. Like my mom can't stand that like I'm overly opinionated or that I'm just unapologetically mere when I'm brutally honest. Or if I like or if I just try to stand up to myself, to my mom and like set boundaries, she calls me disrespectful. And I'm like, I'm not being disrespectful. Oh, yeah. You just don't like that I'm setting boundaries and you don't like that. I'm not letting you control me. Absolutely. It's my mother and I, I mean, even my parents, both of them, you know, they used to tell me that I was so, what did they say? So rigid. Very. That would be my mom. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, I just like things a certain way <laughs> and that can be okay. Yeah. God, like I never want my mom, I, like, I don't care if my dad would ever listen to my podcast, but I know like if my mom listened to my podcast episode, she would be like, chewing me out right now. I'm like, sorry, mom. Like I'm going to talk about my personal life and it's not like I'm identifying you in any way, but it's just like, you know, I'm just, you know, sharing my thoughts because I'm not the only person in the world who has a mom that has made their child feel unsupported or not cared about or a parent that constantly gaslights their kid. I mean, my relationship with my mom is a lot better than what it used to be compared to when I was a teenager. And I want to backtrack to something that you said, because I really liked that you mentioned that you do a lot of work with like teenagers. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important because when I was a teenager and I like when I was in high school, and middle school, I had terrible mental health. I didn't know how to address yeah. it. I was very vulnerable. I had no yeah. self-worth because I was also bullied a ton. So people were always like telling me that I was ugly or that I was like this friendless loser. Just so many terrible things were said to me. So I, you know, I felt worthless as a teenager. At that time, I also felt like I needed a boyfriend to make me happy that I had to rely on male validation, which even in college, I still felt like that. But, you know, once I was like, once I turned 25, everything just sort of clicked for me. And then I kind of took back my power and realized, no, like I'm letting go internal misogyny that I have against myself. I'm letting go of, you know, the self-deprecation, putting myself down and letting these people get to me. And that's kind of how I stopped caring what people think. But I really like that, you know, you're providing this to teenagers now because that was something that I didn't have back then. And I think there are still teenagers out there that are still struggling. But I do think Gen Z 
they are a very self-aware generation. Even like the older gen alphas are becoming more self-aware. I believe those two generations are really going to make a difference because, you know, they rely Mm -hmm. on TikTok a lot. And there really is a lot of empowering content on TikTok that Mm -hmm. can be very appealing to those two generations. And, you know, again, I didn't have any of that growing up. Like I'm a millennial. So, you know, I had to literally deal with things the cold, hard way. First, I just want to acknowledge and say that I'm so sorry that that was your experience growing up. Thank you. I wish I could say, I wish I could say that, you know, it's a unique story and unfortunately it's not. And I will tell you. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) It's, it's so not. And however, I think what I love about, and it's these, it's these two programs in particular, it's the kid program, the superpower, superpower program for kids and emotional resilience and emotional resilience works with like the physical and emotional body. So it's not just mental health, but what I have learned is that everybody's mental health needs work Mm -hmm. and people just don't realize it until like we're in a program together and they realize like, Oh, like this isn't healthy patterns. But I tell you that to tell you this, I created emotional resilience to be the program that I wish I could have had. I love that because I went through my entire, so you know, I, th- I think I shared with you, like, so I pulled at like 12 months old. It was after a trauma. I stopped breathing. Also like you, like I had an expressive learning disability because I stopped breathing. I stopped talking. So I was delayed, you know, due to the learning disability psychosocially, I was delayed. It was hard for me to make friends. So I felt like, just like you, like, it was like, I had to look outside myself for that validation because I didn't feel it inside. And what's so interesting is that, you know, I experimented with, skin picking. I experimented with um, nail biting. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really like diagnosable then. However, and I I stopped pulling out my hair. Like it was just something that kind of passed. And I think I give a lot of credit to my mother. My dad is a neurologist, which is where like everything I do is brain related. My mother threw, she had me into every single creative outlet possible. And so I use a lot of art therapy with my clients because it matters and it helps that creative flow when you're in the healing journey from any capacity, right? However, what happened is at 23, after breaking off an engagement, I started pulling out my hair and I didn't remember doing it as a baby. I didn't know what I was doing. Of course, I was under psychiatric care because lots of medications at that time. And and I went through 23 till about 30 in total secrecy about it, completely alone, completely depressed, bald. I had actually like shaved my head for a number of years and I've done like, I did the wigs. I never did hair extensions. Wait, no. Um, I always did wigs or, you know, different. Well, I did hair pieces, hair not pieces. the extensions. Yeah, that's fine. And that is how emotional resilience really came about is like, what are all those tools that really make a difference? I used to lead support groups for kids and for parents and One of the dads once asked me what, he was like, how did you get into recovery? Like what worked for you? Like, that's the question that everybody asks. And it's not one thing. It's like 50 things. Yeah. And it changes over time because the toolbox changes as we age and as we change and as we heal. And then the toolbox gets so much bigger, but then you don't need as many tools. And it's daily maintenance and it gets actually really easy. So anyways, I went off on that tangent. No, it's totally cool. I, I loved hearing yeah. all of that because I think it's very relevant. And I think it's something that a lot of people can take away. And it's funny with my next question, I feel like you kind of already answered this because, you know, I was really curious to hear about like your journey with getting into holistic healing and what mm-hmm. led you to that area. But, you know, you sort of answered that, but I guess one thing we can, I can like rephrase is because I don't think we got to define this earlier, but how do you define holistic healing and trauma healing? Because I know those are two or some of your, your biggest specialties. Two different things. Right. Two different things. Right. Yes. So, and it's interesting because there are a lot, they're buzzwords that are thrown out these days. Yeah. And everybody's getting trauma informed and everyone's a holistic health coach. And and what does that actually mean? So to me, what it means is probably different than to like, you know, the layman, but I'm going to try and make this, I have, I sometimes get like way too technical. 
and too sciencey because I love the science aspect of it. It's okay. When Don't apologize for about, that. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about holistic healing, holistic healing to me is using the like the masculine structures with the feminine rituals of of all of the availability of healing. So I also channel from the Akashic records. I also do light language. I you know, I say that I'm a bridge between the science and the spiritual modalities because I bring in the science and I bring in the woo because all of that matters because we are a soul inside this human body. And when mm-hmm. I think about holistic healing, it is it is chemicals, it is nature, it is vitamin D, it is like, you know, just it's it's anything that feel, fills your cup to make you feel better, to truly help you heal. It, there's a lot having to do with like, detoxification. Holistic healing is really learning how to live in sync with, I think, the energetic flow. So it's like if, you know, we just had a full moon. Uh, you know, It's just like, so learning how to live in sync, especially as a woman, with the different flows that we have and how that connects to the the rhythm that everybody has, which is our circadian rhythm, our 24-hour sleep-wake cycle, which can get all jacked up with like mm-hmm. medications and chemicals and other things like that. The trouble is like the holistic part, the trouble is like most people don't know how to put all of it together. And most people will go to this doctor and that doctor and that specialist and that specialist. And I do pride myself on like continuing to do education, to learn how to further learn how to truly like embody that. And, and I practice every single freaking thing I preach, like truly that's holistic to me. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. I really okay. liked your definition. And that's why I wanted to ask like what it means to you. Cause I feel like there's, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there and there are like people who like to call themselves a holistic health coach with like, you know, again, no background as we talked about earlier and I think I, I was going to be really important to hear it from somebody who is qualified to talk about this topic. So I really loved your approach. And I also love that you bring spirituality into your methods. Like I know you mentioned, like we just had the full moon, right? I, so I'm Jewish. And so obviously the moon has been something that- Me too. Are you really? Oh my God. Yes. Which is why in the email, I was like, Hoxamea. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't know if you had. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, Yeah. Passover is really difficult for me this year because. Your name does give it away, by the way. Oh saying. my God. Oh, I know. It's the most. I don't think I've ever met a single non-Jewish person named Alana spelled I-L-A-N-A. Let me know if you find one. I, I'd love to meet them because it's such a Hebrew Alana, name. My sister-in-law. Well, she's she's Israeli, so you know yeah. there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so still different because it's Hebrew, right? But yeah, so <laughs> I yeah, you know our our um, holidays revolve around the lunar calendar, and right. I think that's why I've always been so connected to the moon was because of religion and spirituality purposes. And so yeah, like you know I have my own full moon routine that I do every full moon. And it's like my way of like, you know, decompressing, releasing and forgiving myself. Like, I guess this is more of like a mental health thing for me. Also a bit of a spiritual thing as well, especially with it being Passover. But also when I was going back to how Passover is difficult for me this year, I actually am not keeping it this year because I was recently diagnosed with gastroparesis. And so I'm very nervous about how like, Passover food is going to like set into my stomach because my stomach is already partially paralyzed. Now I'll still eat all the matzo ball soup, but you know, for the sake of my own health and I know Judaism does forgive health issues. If you can't Mm -hmm. celebrate a holiday that revolves around fasting or anything that's food relating. And I do really like that about our religion is that it is Mm -hmm. forgiving and it is understanding, but uh, again, just I love the whole spirituality thing behind your practice because earlier you mentioned, and I meant to ask you this earlier, you talked about how like your approach was like within your uh, something about your birth chart. Mm-hmm. I love astrology. Okay. I'm such an astrology geek. So I got to ask, what is your big okay. three? 
sun, moon, rising sign, that kind of thing? What, yes. Or is that what you're asking? Yes, yes. Okay. So Taurus sun, my birthday is coming up. Yay! I am an Aquarius moon and I'm a Sagittarius rising. Oh my God. I'm also an Aquarius moon, but I am a Scorpio sun, Aquarius moon, and a Leo rising. I definitely feel like I resonate a lot more with my Leo rising than I do with my Scorpio sun. But trust me, like I got a lot to Scorpio in me, like very sexual person, very intense. Like that is so me, very brutal honest like those are like I I display many many like Scorpio traits right but the Leo part is what makes me more extroverted and fiery which is so Mm -hmm. the opposite of a Scorpio but I love astrology and I love you know incorporating astrological aspects also into my own healing because it's helped me like understand more about myself and how I can live my life I didn't know if there was other things that you did with astrology in terms of your practice, but I'm really curious to hear more about it now. So it's actually, it's it's funny. I love that we're talking about this because you asked me, you were like, you know, what really makes a big difference? At one point in time, I was going to launch a program that was called the Regrowth Academy. Now I have launched the, you know, bi-monthly maintenance group called Beyond Regrowth. But part of that old program was going to be setting everybody up with a one-on-one call with somebody who specialized in human design and astrology. Because what I know to be so true with all of the clients is when you're a highly sensitive person, which yes, you are, Mm -hmm. we are sensitive to the cycles. We're sensitive to the hormones. We're sensitive to the interoceptors, which is like our internal nervous system, which has everything to do with like your gut, right? Right. We are sensitive to the moon cycles, just everything that is going on. And I have seen this. I've been tracking this. I actually had my own private um, coach that I was working with who is brilliant. And she was teaching me so much about my human design and my personal astrology. And I really started, I've always been interested in spirituality. I actually say I'm more witchy than Jewish because I do do spells. Yeah. Like I do spells. I do all these other things like, you know, clearing the space. And so what it comes down to, the woo part is the energetic hygiene. If you were to actually really ask me, which I think you did, it's like, what really makes a difference? We don't pay enough attention to how our energetic body is being thrown around by the outside influences of this moon, the stars, uh, not just that, but if, and I see this so much, I offer like one-to-one support in a, in a walkie talk, walkie talkie app called Voxer without fail. Like every single Sunday, I listen to the astrology for the coming week, because I want to know what are my shadow sides that are going to be coming up and what are my, like, mostly because I want to deal with that. Otherwise it's going to wreak havoc in my life. And, and it like wreaks havoc in my life if I am not paying attention. Yeah. And what happens with my clients is it wreaks havoc with their, in their life. If I haven't like warned them and I'm like, hold on, collectively, this is what is happening. You are also experiencing it. So when we can start to, and this actually moves into the trauma informed part. It, when we can start to separate ourselves from our lived experience and start to bring awareness that what is happening out there is actually also all happening in here. And if we can realize it's coming from out there, it allows us to detach in a healthy way to be like, okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Like everyone's experiencing this. Okay. How can I experience this differently so that I am not in my shadow side, but I'm on like the high side the high vibrational side of how, you know, the moon and the planets can be presenting itself in my life and my health itself. And, and I'll share this with you really quick. I took a jackhammer to my life three years ago. I was very happy. I was living in uh, where I was raised, Houston, Texas. My parents were there, my healthcare career, my family's like everything, everything was there. My now husband, who was my college sweetheart, reached out to me for my 40th birthday, and I'd never been married because I'd been so picky, and I stopped giving my power away to men. Yeah. (laughs) Which was a really long, 
learning curve. Same for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> like so long, but I had to learn it. But it's interesting because in my chart, it actually showed literally three years ago, everything was going to transform. It gives me chills so that I could step into what I was really meant to do on this planet, which is really help people heal beyond that paradigm of what I was boxed in. Yeah. Which was healthcare. And and when you work in healthcare because of standard of care, there's certain things you can't talk about unless you get trained, which is why I have way too many credentials. So that I could keep talking and teaching people how to truly heal beyond the traditional standard of care. And when I moved across the country, got married, became a full-time stepmom, all of my, what I thought was resolved, unresolved trauma from my childhood that actually triggered the hair pulling, depression, all those crazy things completely came to the surface, which then of course, because I'm an overachiever, led me down to getting multiple trauma informed with, I don't know if you're familiar with The Body Keeps the Score, that book. I am not. What is it about? Okay. You definitely need to take a look at that. It is, it, he is like the, uh, the doctor's guru of really trauma-informed healing. And the body keeps the score is all about how your body, your physical body remembers all of the traumas. And when it is not neutralized and cleared in a really a multimodality approach, so using breath work, using energy work, using sensory integration, which is what occupational therapists are trained in, like how to get back into the body to truly heal. So for example, what that, so I, I got trained in that because like I was just going through it. Point being, it was all written in my chart and, and it just gives me chills because it was like, holy cow, everything really does have meaning. So rather than me being a I hate to use the word victim, but like victim to the surroundings and wondering like, why is this so hard? There was astrological reason as to why it got so challenging. And it was my time to step up even more than I have in the past to really learn how to heal at this, what I call this multidimensional healing to truly heal like ancestral trauma, which if you're Jewish, we got tons of it. We won't even we talk do. about that. That's a whole other episode. It's but a like, whole other episode. <laughs> seriously. Like I've, I've had flashbacks of like Holocaust stuff. Like it's crazy in my healing journey. Like all the stuff that came up. I know. And that's all. Yeah, it's a dark topic for sure. I mean, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely something though I do relate like because, you know, I actually had I, I had made an episode about my Jewish identity. Oh, like I think I did this back in 2021. But, you know, I talked about my own personal challenges with being Jewish. There were times where, you know, I questioned religion and I questioned myself. And there were times where I felt like I didn't resonate. And there were parts that I didn't necessarily like about my religion. And when you brought up the Holocaust, and I won't get too dark here, but like, you know, whole event obviously will always make me feel some type of way about being Jewish because sometimes... Yeah. It's it's we feel unsafe being Jewish sometimes. And that is something that I'm still trying to work through is like, how can I feel safe in public being a Jewish person? And I know one thing that I unfortunately don't do is like, I don't wear like a Star of David around my necklace. Like I have right. one, but I, I don't wear it because I'm, I'm terrified. And it's horrible because I should never I should never be um, scared about what religion I practice. And I know that might sound like, well, Lana, you're not unapologetically sounding Jewish. And it's like, you're right. But at the same time, I got to be safe. I don't want to get killed just for my religion. Yeah. There's a lot of reality there. I'm an empath, so I feel a lot. And I can feel it's always in this one area, like right under my ribs and like the splenic area. And as you were talking about that, like I could feel your unsafetiness. Because I can always feel it when it's coming from someone else, which yeah. I know I experienced my entire life. And I've only identified that in the last couple of years as I was doing all of this trauma healing training and trauma healing, because I realized that's like, oh my, like, you know, so when we go back to why do we like that safety, 
and maybe like taking feeling unsafe out on ourselves, like body focused repetitive behavior, anxiety, depression, all the different things. This leads to that trauma conversation because in trauma informed therapy, we're not meant to just talk it out over and over and over and over in the brain that's actually re-traumatizing. And we're supposed to move through it, through the body. Here's the reason why. Because when we get re-traumatized immediately in our brain, there's so many neural pathways that happen, so many chemicals, they're subconscious. We are not aware of it. Uh, until we're aware of it in like our frontal lobe and it happens in like less than like a split second. So it's not, it's something that you have to be very trained, which is where like breath work comes in. It's so healing and using this multimodality approach. But you know, what happens, the whole point is to find safety back in our body. And when people are walking around feeling unsafe or, well, I mean, you know, guns in school, Mm -hmm. like just, the current political atmosphere nationally, internationally. That's why I think it's so important in like any kind of holistic healing, wellness, mental health conversation. We can't discount the, the collective unsafetiness that is going on. Yeah. I and agree people wonder that. why everybody's on anxiety medicine. Like, well, duh, just take a look and open up your eyes and get off your do- device. Yeah, the world is not a great place. It, I am so thankful for my anxiety medication because it truly has relaxed me in yeah. ways that I never thought I could be relaxed. But there are some things like where I really do have anxiety. Like when it came to like losing my job, because when because I, I used to work for Amazon and I got laid off back in January and I found out about the announcement back of the week of Thanksgiving and you know, that just led to anxiety because they said recruiting was going to be affected and that is my industry field of work. Right. And so I was nervous because this is a horrible time for recruiters to find jobs. Like they're all being let go right now. So that was anxiety that unfortunately my medicine could not relieve because that just felt normal. It feels really normal. It is normal. Conscious about your job. And like, but as far as like just general anxiety goes, what if I'm just anxious about something, whatever it is, I really can't give an example off the top of my head. That's what the medicine fixes for me. But if it comes to like mm-hmm. big life changing events like this, I would either need to really increase my dosage, but I just don't think that it's powerful enough to get me there because I feel like now it's okay for me to be valid in feeling anxious about this because. I'm losing a huge source of income and right now the job market is shitty. So, you know, whole, again, whole other topic, whole other podcast episode, but you know, that's basically like what I experience now. Yeah. So I definitely really relate to all of that with what you're saying. And I will definitely take some of that into consideration with what you said, because I think that can definitely help me with my mindset and trying to feel safer and pushing past like religious trauma or anything like that, really. I think when we start to get down to the source and there's always these core wounds that people are operating from, and oftentimes they're not necessarily, some of them were put there like from childhood, Yeah, but some of them were your moms and your grandmas and your dad, and they were just passed down in your DNA. And that's what so many people don't realize And when we, and that's why I love like the multidimensional approach with like through the Akashic records is when we are healing and cutting cords with past lives, we actually start to release so much anxiety that we've been tied to and we didn't even realize. And I'll tell you a really quick story. It's so interesting. It's so annoying, but it's so interesting. And I know my mom, like we talk about this a lot because when I'm feeling down and this actually, this happened, the first time it happened was probably about nine months ago. Seriously, I was having like the worst freaking day ever. Mm-hmm. I was feeling depressed. I was like, couldn't get off of the couch. It was a normal work day for me. And I was like, I am calling in sick. Like, and around four o'clock, I end up calling my mother and I'm like, how you doing, mom? She was like, I have been in bed all day. I was like, of course you've been in bed all day. That's what I've been feeling. It wasn't mine. And so now it's interesting because when I am really like, really feeling like 
massive heaviness without real good reason, I end up reaching out to her. And more often than not, she's not doing great. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like, it's almost looking for that validation that like, okay, this isn't actually mine. This is hers. And I've done a lot of cord cutting with my mom because, well, I mean, that just, it's so, it's so connected. Right. And that's what so many people don't realize is we are subject to the belief patterns that we were born into. And it is sometimes, you know, our job in this lifetime, which is such a beautiful thing because yes, there's a lot of trauma going on, but this is also a time in, you know, society when there's a lot of healers, there's a lot of multidimensional healers waking up to their intuitive gifts, really working on healing the planet. And I, and I'm connected to a lot of them and every single one of them is doing very powerful work. And so it's like, yes. And that's the yin and the yang. That's the feminine and the masculine. Like when there's going to be uproar, there's going to be a set of people who are like, no, we are going against it and we are going to heal it. And that is where I feel very grateful that I got to move beyond so that I could be in that realm. And of course it starts within. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with me. I have one more question because I know we're coming up on time here. What advice would you give to someone who wants to start incorporating like holistic healing or trauma healing techniques into their everyday life? Like, is there something that they should know before getting started? Vet your trauma healing therapist or coach really well. Even ask to speak to like some of the people that they've worked with. And I say that because I've had a number of people, I have a three-month group program called The Reconnect. And I've had people that come in there who were, and they are intelligent women, people, men who went down the route of like working with a trauma coach and a year later, they're worse than they were. And so really for trauma healing, vet your person. Same thing for holistic healing. I mean, here's the thing, like if, you know, it, it costs money, it costs time. So for anybody who is wanting to embark on the journey, well, they can always follow me on um, Instagram, holistic.medical.healing. I'm always giving like tips. Find people that you resonate with that feel really good and aligned for you. I would say, don't just like pick somebody because you're desperate. Pick somebody because they've done it themselves. They're also trained. And they're passionate about helping you heal, not just getting paid. Like that's really important for someone who wants to embark on like holistic health. Just start drinking more water and start moving your body every single day. So the best thing you can do for holistic health, like drink half of your body weight in ounces. Um, So if you're like, if you weigh 120, then, um, you know, 60 ounces a day minimum, unless you take medications, then you need more, right? As you sip on your water. (laughs) And move your body. And like the best thing you can possibly do. When I went to a mental health conference, there were two things that the psychiatrist from the stage said, one of them was, and it was two different doctors. One of them said the psychiatrist of the future is going to prescribe fruits and vegetables, which I know for you is a thing. And the second was dance is the number one antidepressant out there. So my recommendation, interesting, seriously, this, this is like for trauma and, and I seriously, almost all of my clients have these supplies. And I always come with like a huge toolkit. Like these are the supplies I want you to get because it makes a difference. So for example, all of my clients have a rebounder, right? The mini trampoline. And seriously, get on that mini trampoline, put on a music, put it in your AirPods and like dance to a song that makes you feel amazing for a minimum of three minutes. Oh, that's And see how fun. you feel after the fact. It's a good workout so it's like it too. Moves around your, it is. It moves around your lymph. It gives you some reflexology on your feet. Um, it makes you feel happy. It moves your body. You're listening to music and that part of the brain will get activated for like creativity and flow, you know, and then go drink your water before and after and you will, your bowels will move better. Your sleep will be better. Like so many different things. Like that is a super tangible thing that everybody can do that I would encourage everyone to do. These are really awesome. Like the whole trampoline thing. um, I would have never thought of that. Now it kind of makes me want to 
buy like a mini trampoline for my studio because you really should. I could like for me, I have so I haven't gone to the gym in like a year and that has been due to like my health issues with my stomach. Mm-hmm. And I am starting to now lose weight because I don't eat a lot anymore. And that's, you know, right. that comes with gastroparesis, unfortunately. So I'm kind of afraid to work out like doing strength training and cardio or like intense cardio because I'm afraid I'm going to get to a really unhealthy weight. Maybe just doing like small trampoline jumps could be a still good way to at least get my body movement moving. Walks have and get your heart going again. Yeah, like, like get I, your cardio up a little. Exactly, like you know, I'm so ready for the weather to warm up in Portland and for the rain to stop raining, so I can do my hawker walks again. I miss those. And I'm going to give you an extra tip here. So, like for sure. the trauma informed part, when you're in it and you're feeling it, whatever it may be, seriously, put on a song that'll make you cry and get on that trampoline and cry and move your body. <laughs> That's how you, no, I'm so serious. This is the clinical I'm perspective I've done of that how before. you heal. Not okay, the, good. Not the so trampoline like this, part, but to listen to a song and cry. Well, no, so this is the extra step yeah, because okay. this is where it matters. Like it stays in your body if you don't get it out of your body. I'm all about the tears, but like we have to move it out somewhere. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the trauma-informed perspective is like put on the music, jump on the trampoline and cry and allow your body to like shake it out and sweat it out so that it gets out of your body and it doesn't muck up your system even more. That's so cool. That's trauma informed. That's so cool. Well, that's the right kind of trauma informed. I haven't done the jumping part, but I've definitely listened to songs where I need to cry to them and like it does help because it is a feeling of release. But yeah, if I need that extra mm-hmm. boost, the movement part is definitely something that I would have never considered. So yeah, that's a, that's really cool advice. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I truly have loved like this whole conversation. It's been really eye opening and enlightening, and I feel like I've learned so much because holistic health isn't something that I'm really informed upon. And like you know, I've heard of like the terms trauma healing, and I do think you're right that there it can sound a little buzzy, but I really have loved hearing your perspective and what it means, especially from somebody who is certified and qualified to talk about topics like this. So it's very eye-opening. And I really hope that the listeners will take a lot of this information away that where they can apply it into their everyday lives, because that's what I want out of this episode. And just like with my whole podcast in general. Absolutely. And I want to know how you feel after you get your rebounder and you're like listening to your music on your trampoline. I totally want to hear how that feels for you and any listeners. You know, if anyone has any questions, I am an open book. There's a lot of different ways people can like find me and work with me, but it's just like, you know, keep going, keep living like your purpose, your passion. I love everything that your podcast is all about. And it has just been such a pleasure meeting you and talking with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And Dahlia, where can people find you if they want to follow you on social media and also look into your services? Absolutely. So my website is holisticmedicalhealing.com. And I will tell you that I have a free three brain optimization toolkit. This actually, the first part is an audio meditation. The second part is movement medicine, where I guide people through movement. You probably really love that. And then part three is a nutrition guide for mental health. Uh, Because again, it is this multi-modality approach that really helps people heal. So you can find that on my website um, and find all my services there on Instagram. I am holistic.medical.healing. And at the link in my bio, you can find all the different things. And on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, it is uh, Dahlia Brown Shook. And that is where I'm at right now. Awesome. And I will have all of those links to her website and social media in the description down below so you can check her out. But Dahlia, once again, it has been such a pleasure having you on. I've really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you once again. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. And I can't wait for us to stay connected. Absolutely. And guys, if you ever have like a shameless or unapologetic experience that you want to share with me, feel free to email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologetic.com podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on instagram at shamelessly unapologetic 
And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye.